We're all nerds in our own right. Some people are nerds about cars, food, stocks, movies, and so on. Alex Nix and Chris Wilson are just two average millennial guys who happen to be sports nerds and love discussing the world of sports. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the seventh episode of the Average Sports Nerds podcast. The NBA playoffs have started. The bubble seating games are over. And it's the best time of the basketball year, in my opinion. Even though it's, you know, four months late because of coronavirus, whatever, playoffs are here. Great, great jam-packed schedule is here every single day. And it's just the best time of the year for basketball. Like I said, it's just, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, Alex Nix here, joined by Chris Wilson. And we are just ready to talk some more hoops. Yes, we are definitely ready. Um, you know, it took us a few extra months than normal, but we're ready to get into the playoffs. I know as a big basketball fan, you know, basketball player growing up, this is some of my favorite times of the year. So I'm ready to get into it. You know, let's get it. So at the one of our first episodes we published, I believe it was the second one, we talked about the NBA or the third one. I can't remember exactly, but we talked about our predictions for the NBA playoffs and the seedings um, before or right as the, the seeding games were getting going. And we both predicted pretty accurate standings. If I, if I'm going to say so myself, uh, we were wrong about a couple, but for the most part we were spot on. Uh, and the biggest one that I want to talk about was the Portland Trailblazers led by the best point guard in the league right now and Damian Lillard moving up the rankings, securing that eighth spot above the Grizzlies and then having to play the Grizzlies and beat them just once to get to that seeding game. Dame Dollar, that's all I got to say. His, you know, his stat line over the course of the bubble was unbelievable. Um, like I said, he was playing like the best point guard in the league right now. Even if Steph Curry was healthy, I think, uh, yeah, you know what? I don't know yeah. if we want to go there. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if we want to go there because I'm, I'm still a big Curry believer myself. You know, I'll give Dame that two spot, though. With that said, uh, you know, with Steph being out, he's by far the best in the league. Um, his stats over the over the course of those eight games were just crazy. He had a couple down games, but most of them were, you know, he just absolutely carried that team to the to the playoffs. Uh, his point totals for the bubble. Um, so at the beginning of the bubble, I'm going to read every single game. His point total for every game in the bubble. So there are eight games. So 29, 30, 21, 45, 22, 51, 61, 42, 31. If that's not Kobe, MJ-esque, Allen Iverson-esque, legendary stuff right there to get his team to the playoffs and secure the eighth spot, even if they're going to play LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Lakers, that's that that run that he went on was unbelievable. And everybody in the basketball world is just, I think we all, we're all rooting for Damian Lillard right now. Definitely. Um, he has the greatest bubble experience that, you know, any player has had so far. Well, you know, this is the only time we've had the bubble. So he, I'm going to venture out and say that Damian Lillard is the greatest NBA bubble player. Um, he of all was time. of all time, yeah. Just throw that out there, but um, yeah, 51 and then 61, just specifically those two games, where it's just incredible. You know, people aren't doing that, even your James Harden's and Kobe Bryant's. And, you know, guys aren't just going out and scoring 50 and 60 plus, like it's nothing. You know, this is that's just crazy level dominance. And I also want to talk about the defenses they played against him, where just 
like nothing I've ever seen in the NBA before, you know, playing boxing ones and, you know, trapping at half court just to take the ball out of his hands. I, I, you know, I haven't really seen anything like it. You know, he really has put on a show and has kept me entertained. So thank you for that. Yeah, man. Um, He kept everybody entertained. Uh, Even if we, you know, you didn't get a chance to watch all the games he played, just looking at the social media reaction and looking at the stats, after you, you just, you're, you know, you're, you're shell shocked on what he's doing or what he did. Um, and then in that seeding play in game, which to be honest, I really wanted the Suns, I really wanted the Grizzlies to lose to the Bucks and have the Suns get in there to play the Blazers so we can see Devin Booker and Damian Lillard go head to head. Yeah, that would have been fun. I was rooting for that too. But that's a conversation for later in the show. Um, in that play-in game with the with Memphis and Portland, Damian and CJ just did what we thought they were going to do and lead that lead that team. Thirty-one for Damian, twenty-nine for CJ. You know, just the best backcourt in the league right now, and they proved it. Yeah, can't argue with that. Not at all. You know, Dame, Dame Dalla, best rapper in the NBA, you know, maybe best point guard in the NBA. He's got a lot going for him now, you know. The next cover star of the NBA 2K franchise. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about that. You know, he's, he's on top of the world right now, you know. Hopefully he can keep this going in the next round, you know. I guess we'll get into that matchup a little bit later. But it should be exciting and fun. And, you know, that's – as an NBA fan, you know, that's all I can really hope for Especially as a neutral. I mean, for me, I know you're a Lakers fan. Um, kind of. I'll, I'll get into that. <laughs> but for me, as you know, as somebody who's who pays attention more or uh, pays more attention to the East, the Eastern Conference, as a neutral fan, you know, I really hope that it's a competitive series and not a, a typical 1-8 seed series. Uh, I don't know if it will be because I think the Lakers have too much firepower, but at the same time, I think the Blazers have a pretty good matchup. Not the best, but at the same time, not the worst. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, just piggybacking off that, if this, you know, if there was a time for Damian Lillard to go up against the Lakers, it'd be right now. You know, it's a perfect time with Avery Bradley opting out. You know, that was their best perimeter defender. Mm-hmm. And also Rajon Rondo being out. Um, I know he's not the best player in the world. He doesn't really get that much credit for his defense, but he actually is a very good perimeter defender. So, you know, with those two guys out, you know, who's going to be guarding him? We're going to have to see. And, you know, either way, I think that's going to be a mismatch in in favor of Portland. So that might help, but I don't really give much chance to win the series or anything just because of their defense. But like you said, we'll see. Hopefully they can make this a better series than your typical 1-8. Yeah, I mean, their defense was struggling to stop a hurt Memphis Grizzlies team. Uh, they didn't have Jaron Jackson. Um, I mean, John Morant put, did have his career high in his, his young rookie year, his, his, his young NBA career in his rookie season. Uh, he had 30, I believe he had 32 the other day. But Jonas Valanciunas was going off pretty much in that first half. Um, that's not – you know, if there was the Lakers in the playoffs, Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee wouldn't let that happen. Um, now, with that said, Yusuf Nurkic came back from from being hurt at the beginning of the season and was actually really, really good for them in that first half on Saturday in that playing game. He was huge. Yeah, I'd venture out and say he was dominant in the first yeah. half. You know, I think he had, what, 16 or 17 rebounds or something yeah. like that in a half, which is – in the playoff game, that that's crazy. I mean, in any game, that's crazy. So, shout out to Nurkic on that. You know, you know he's got to he's definitely got to be that anchor on the inside if they want to have any type of chance. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's he's gonna be able. He's gonna have to try and guard AD. I don't. You know, guarding AD at this point is uh, it's not really possible to guard AD right now because he's he has turned into such a dominant force on the offensive end with being able to shoot now and even dribble 
um, but with that said, like the the only way the only way the the Blazers have a chance is if their backcourt absolutely goes off. Very similar to what Definitely. LeBron and Kyrie did against the Warriors when the when the Cavaliers won the championship, where they were both getting like forty a game. The you know the Blazers backcourt is going to have to do something similar to that. And I think they're capable. CJ, not as much, not as consistent as getting those high-scoring high games, but he can definitely take over games. He, he took over that fourth quarter against, against the Grizzlies. He, he took it over. He was the one taking the big shots at the end to put that game away. So CJ McCollum is definitely um, – he's definitely able to, to score at a very high level. It's just will he be able to do it against the Lakers? Definitely, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, that game against the Grizzlies, the playing game, he um he was taking the big shots. You know, we we all expected it to be Dame Lillard and you know, probably the defense did too, so that's probably some of what dictated that. And one thing I know about CJ McGullum, you know, when he gets a matchup and he feels like, you know, this guy in front of me can't guard me, he will take the ball and continually score buckets on you. He has no he is not gonna relent, you know, he's relentless in that fashion you know he will and he will tell you about it too he will say that look you can't guard me I'm gonna take the ball and he's done it in many games in the playoffs so you know if if Dame's having an off night he can be that guy but against the Lakers they're both gonna have to be on you know one of them can't have an off night so he he's capable for sure I just wanted to make that clear you know he was the guy down the stretch in that game even though you know we're hyping up Damian Lillard and for good reason, you know, he deserves the praise, but, you know, based on how the defense was, was trying to trap and take the ball out of Lillard's hands, um, CJ made a lot of big shots and, you know, that shouldn't go unnoticed. Yeah. I mean, Gary Trent Jr. Made some big shots in that game as well. You know, the, the entire starting lineup actually played really, really well uh, against the Grizzlies. Like we said, we talked about Nurkic having a dominant first half. He was pretty quiet in that second half. I think he only, like you said, he had 16, 17 rebounds in the first half. And the second half, I believe, you, or in the, at, at the end of the game, I think he only finished with like 20 or 21. So, I mean, going from 17 to 21, you know, it's a pretty big letdown in terms of rebounds. But, yeah, I know his scoring went down a little bit. He probably was just, he was gassed. He was absolutely gassed if you were watching that game. You, you could tell he was exhausted. Oh, yeah, even the commentators were uh, saying that he just looked like he was giving it all he got out there. Yeah. You know, and that's what you need. That's what you want from, you know, all of your players, but especially your starting big man. They, they traded for Hassan Whiteside strictly because of Nurkic. Nurkic's Nurk, – Nurkic, however you say that. <laughs> <laughs> because of his injury. Um, yeah, so they, they brought in Hassan Whiteside, but he hasn't even really been – a factor pretty much you know he he doesn't get too many minutes off the bench Nurkic gets the majority of the minutes uh in that front court which is really surprising because when he was in Miami this is Hassan Whiteside when he was in Miami he was a pretty solid starting center he was a you know I would say a top 10 center and now for him to see the court barely at all is really surprising you know you'd think that he would be a, a very good backup to Nurkic but he's just you know he, he's turned into just a guy I don't know if that's a mental thing or if he, the coach doesn't like uh, what he brings to the table in in this scheme. But regardless, he's a top shot blocker and a top rebounder in the NBA. So I'm not sure what's going on there. But anyway, um, if the Blazers – like I'm just going to get back to the original point. If the Blazers want any chance at beating the Lakers, they need their backcourt to be absolutely dominant in every game they win. They can have an off night. You know, it's a seven-game series. If they have an off night, they're probably going to lose. I don't see anybody else taking over the scoring load. Um, so if they have an off night, they're going to lose. Definitely, definitely agree. Um, just to touch on your point about Whiteside, yeah, I, I, I understand. You know, I, I'm right there with you wondering why he's not getting more minutes. But, um, you know, in that one game that I did watch against the uh, Grizzlies, the playing game, he when he was out there, he just he just seemed you know a half step behind, a little slow. Like he wasn't making any plays. He was he was just out there, you know. He he didn't really do anything in his minutes. 
So I can understand, I guess I can understand, you know, if that's what's been happening recently, you know, I'm not a Portland Trailblazers super fan or anything. So I wouldn't know the ins and outs of the team that much, but, you know, I, I think he he could be a solid backup. You know, if Nurkic gets in foul trouble or something, you know, they, they might need him. And then, um, yeah, and just my other point I wanted to make it was uh, shout out to Carmelo Anthony, you know. Oh, all, yes. All the people that said he was done and, you know, he couldn't ball in today's NBA. He made a big shot down the stretch in that game as well. Yeah, and, and not just that game, in multiple games in the during the bubble. Yeah, he, he's been, he's been a, you know, a good piece for them. And, you know, I always thought he could be, you know, but, hey, good. I'm just glad to see it. You know, he had over 20 points in the game, made a very big three down the stretch. And I was just so happy for, for him, you know, as a person, because it's, it's been a tough road for Melo these last maybe five, six years. So, yeah, yeah. kudos to him. For sure. I mean, I love Melo. I've always, I've always loved Melo, um, even what, especially when he was in New York. They had that one season where they were, like I say, they seemed like they were a really good team with Amari Stoudemire and Landry Fields and Raymond Felton. I thought they were going to be a really good team for a while. Steve and Novak. Steve Novak is the, is the three-point specialist. You know, I thought they were going to be good for a while and Melo possibly, you know, going a deep playoff run for the Knicks. But, of course, that didn't happen. Injuries happened. The Knicks became the Knicks, as we have known for the past – 20 years um but anyway back to Melo. when people when he left houston and people didn't sign him i'm like what is going on here granted he wasn't obviously he's not his old self but right. still he is still one of the best scorers in nba history that alone should be enough for somebody to sign him to play the role that he's playing in now in portland and he's making big shots like if the Sixers signed him when he was a free agent, that's that would be a huge help for their offense, especially now that Ben Simmons is hurt. It would help spread the floor immensely. Al Horford could come off the bench. You know, what? I'm not gonna. I'm, nope. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not gonna go on a tangent about that. <laughs> but <laughs> he could help so many different teams. Yeah, I would venture out and say that you know every single team that's here in the bubble or that made the playoffs. You can't tell me they can't use Carmelo, you know, off the bench or coming in playing 15, 20 minutes a game or something. Like, even it just as a veteran to the to the young guys, you know, some leadership. You know, Carmelo Anthony is a Hall of Fame player. Like, these guys don't just come around every day. I know he might have lost some athleticism, but, yeah, like, they got to stop hating on Carmelo. That It was just crazy. He was just a free agent for so long. Yeah, it, it really was. But uh, moving on, I think we can talk about our bubble awards. Now, we don't have too many bubble awards. Um, we're going to talk about our, our bubble MVP, our most surprising team, and our most disappointing team. And I think we, we pretty much touched on the bubble MVP as much as we can already. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be a surprise to anybody. If you, if you picked anybody else, the only other option would be Devin Booker. And Yeah, definitely. He, he was killing it. For the Suns, he absolutely was, but in the end, you know they went eight and they went eight and zero in the bubble. The only team to go undefeated during this during the seeding games, and the fact that they were in last place of the West coming into the bubble, and then they won all those games to get that close to making the the play the the play in game is really special. And I think Suns fans should be really excited if if the Suns can keep that same mentality, keep that same energy going into next year. And if they add another piece, you know, they're going to be in the lottery. Who knows? They get a top five pick. If uh, that happens, watch out. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, the Suns have a lot to be proud of. I think they, they became the NBA's Cinderella story. They did. I was rooting for them. Like I said, I wanted to see the Suns get into that playing game over the Grizzlies simply because of how, how poorly the Grizzlies had played and how good or great, actually, it was great, how great the Suns played. Uh, yeah, and they, they beat some good teams, too. You know, they weren't – a lot of these games towards the end of the bubble, you know, teams got their seeding and they were resting. But it didn't seem like the Suns played those teams. You know, they, 
he hit the game winning shot on the Clippers, uh, Devin Booker, that is. Um, you know, they, they played the, the Mavericks at full strength. Um, they played a bunch. They pretty much everyone they played was full strength. It seemed like, and they went in there and, and took care of business. You know, no, Vegas didn't even put out odds for them to make the playoffs when they got to the bubble. So the fact that they you know only missed out because of a tiebreaker is just insane. Because you know Vegas has odds for everything. So they didn't even think that was possible. So shout out to the Suns. I'm very excited about them going forward. Um, one thing I do want to throw out there, though, is, you know, I know Aiton's a pretty solid player, but they had the number one pick, and they could have had either Trey Young or Luka Doncic, and oh, man. they kind of messed that up. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's still the Suns, guys. Like, let's, let's not get too hype, but I really am excited about you know what they got going forward. Being being honest, like they got a lot of good young pieces. Aiden's still a good young piece, even though he's not Luka Doncic. But, yeah, the Suns basketball, Phoenix, Arizona, you know, turn up, guys. Y'all, y'all got a little squad. Yeah, the, you know, their the basketball team might be on the come up. Their football team might be on the come up, too. So, uh, Phoenix is should be should be getting excited. Um, but anyway. Maybe, maybe I need to move there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the MVP. Like, we, we already talked about Dame enough. It, it's Damian Lillard. There's no others. It's a unanimous decision by just about everybody who follows the NBA. Uh, yeah. Devin Booker played great, like we said, but it just wasn't enough. So, uh, on to the most surprising team. Well, we just talked about them <laughs> for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was the Phoenix Suns. They went 8-0. They beat really, really good teams in the West. Obviously, they played mostly playoff teams. Uh, I know they played the Pelicans and the Kings and the Grizzlies. Um, but with that said, they also played the like the Clippers, the, the Jazz. I believe they beat the Nuggets as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um yeah, I think so. So, anyway, yeah, they're the most surprising team. 8-0 beat everybody. They played amazing basketball. It was just really fun to watch. Yeah, I completely agree. No, nothing else to add. Yeah, so moving on to the disappointing, the most disappointing team. Now, I was torn on who to pick here. You know, as a Sixers fan, I wanted to pick the Sixers because they just didn't look good. But I'm not – but there were teams that actually play worse than the Sixers. Um. For me, I was torn between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. Now, the, the Grizzlies, because they had what a three-game, three-game lead or two and a half-game lead for that eighth seed. I, I can't remember, but I, yeah, they had a pretty sizable lead. All they had to do was just maintain that, and they would have been the eighth seed. And Portland, who would have had to beat them twice, or whoever got that ninth yeah. seed, would have to beat them twice. So. Yeah, they, yeah, they went two and six. So they went two and six. I mean, come on, you're the eighth seed. You're trying to get into the playoffs. Come on, you're supposed to. You have John Morant. You have the rookie of the year. Now, granted, Jaron Jackson Jr. went down. He was phenomenal for them for the most of the year. But that's still not a valid excuse, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I think that was a little bit later in the bubble too. You know, they lost some games with Jaron Jr. There. Right. So. I I completely agree. You know, I'll just hop in here. The Grizzlies, most disappointing team. Um, you know, just because of where they were in the standings. You know, the opportunity they had. You know, a lot of young guys on that team. So you know, hopefully they can rebound. But it it is very disappointing. Hopefully, you know, you're not a Grizzlies fan listening to this. I feel for you if you are, because that that's rough. You know, you you're thinking, you know, we got this thing at least somebody's going to have to come beat us twice to get in the playoffs. And then you just completely, you know, wet the bed and just didn't show up really. Um, it was, it was sad to watch. It was now it was for me. They weren't my dis- most disappointing team. For me, it was the new Orleans Pelicans. Oh, okay. Hey, I, yeah, I, I can see that. They had Zion coming back. They refused to play him. They had him on a burst restriction, like I talked about in the first episode or the second episode. In our first NBA episode, I talked about him having a burst restriction. Um, Unbelievable. 
Brandon Ingram, who we picked as our most improved player, wasn't what he was towards the end of the season. Yep. The rest of the roster is still really good. Drew Holiday is solid. Lonzo Ball, who, in my opinion, is slowly becoming a bust. It's sad, but yeah, I can't disagree. Um, you know, it, it, out they fired their coach Alvin Gentry, who I think is, I think he's a solid coach. I do. Now, yeah. Granted, his I don't think his record. Uh, I don't think his record says that he is, but I just feel like he is, just based on where they were. Where the Grizzlies were, or not the Grizzlies, where the Pelicans were to start the season, it was awful. They were towards the very bottom of the Western Conference standings. Once Zion came back, and even before Zion came back, it started to find their groove. Brandon Ingram was more aggressive. Drew Holiday was playing really well. J.J. Redick was great. Lonzo Ball was solid. You know, uh, they were starting to find their groove and win quite a lot of games. And their record was decent. You know, they were below 500, but that's because they had a horrible start to the year. Now, if Zion is healthy at the beginning of the season, who knows? They probably would have secured that A spot a while ago with the way they were playing. However, that's not the case. Alvin Gentry's fired. They are the most disappointing team in the bubble for me. They just, they didn't play well. And they had, like I, I said at the beginning, um, when we did our first episode, I thought they had the most talented roster of the teams fighting for that eighth spot. Well, it definitely didn't seem like that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I agree with everything you said. They're definitely right up there with the Grizzlies for the mis- most disappointing team. Um, Alvin Gentry, I feel like, you know, has never really gotten a fair shake in the league. Uh, he always, in my opinion, overperforms for the talent that he's given and then, you know, when that's not enough, he gets fired. And he it's not his fault. You know, he's not the one that decided that Zion Williamson can only play 15 minutes a game. Like, I don't I don't know. Scoring like 20 in those 15 or whatever he was scoring. Yeah. Like, I don't know any coach in the league that, that can, you know, overcome their best player. I mean, he's, he might not be the best player. Maybe he's definitely a top two or three player on the team, hands down. Maybe the best player on the team on a minutes restriction that's not injured. And I, I, I don't know any coach in the league that's going to overcome that, especially with a young team like they have. I, I, I don't understand the firing. I don't understand the, the restrictions they put on Zion. Um, you know, the more I'm talking about it, the, you know, you guys can probably tell I'm getting, I'm actually getting very frustrated just thinking about the situation in New Orleans. And now it's making me second guess. I think they actually are the most disappointing team just because of how disappointed I actually am getting right now, just talking about them. So, you know, it, Pelicans, man, huh, what are you guys doing? Like, come on. Like, seriously, seriously, that's all I can – I can't even really get out a full sentence. Just just, just come on, man. Come on. I hear you. I do. And, um, uh, yeah, let me uh, – while, while we're talking about the disappointment, you know, I, I'll get into this. You know, I, you guys know I love being upset about things. So um, they were not really a huge disappointment, not like the other teams we talked about, but just the Wizards, um, you know. <laughs> you guys you guys had a chance. Like, you guys, they came in there. They gave you guys a chance to play for something. Didn't they go 0-8? They won the last game. They went 1-7. Oh. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, after they were already – well eliminated, probably played a team that didn't have any starters or anything. But, like, I mean, it's not as much disappointment with the players that were on the floor because, you know, we were all – they were without Beal and Bertans, who I would probably yeah. say are the best two players. It, looked, it seemed like they had some guys who were, like, a part of the process when the Sixers were tanking every year. Yeah, yeah. Now, we had some bums definitely playing in the bubble. But I'm just saying they're yeah. more of a disappointment just based on, you know, we had a chance – or I shouldn't say we, but I guess the D.C. area team. So I guess I am included in that a little bit. But they had a chance. And, you know, I just feel like Bradley Beal and Bertans were like, you know what, we don't even care. Let's just – we don't want to play in the playoffs. 
we're not we're not gonna do anything anyway, so we're just not gonna come. Which it's kudos to them, you know. I'm not mad at them for making that decision. It's just disappointing for the team. Yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, moving on, we, we're we're gonna talk about the uh, first couple games uh, so far. Uh, so as we're recording this, it is Monday night. It is just about eight eight p.m. So. Two games have finished. The third game is being played right now. I believe it's halftime of the Sixers Celtics. Um, we'll talk about those games today. The first two, the first two games. Now, the first game was absolutely great. As a neutral, it was great. As just a pure basketball fan, it was just a great sight to see. Like just great competitive playoff basketball to its full extent. There was good defense being played, great offensive shots, great offensive plays. It was – the refs weren't bad. It was great. It was just Donovan Mitchell, uh, who I have been a very big critic of. Uh, ever since Ben Simmons won, won Rookie of the Year, Jazz fans have been salty, <laughs> which I, I understand, but – the league has a rule, and that's what the the rule is. Uh, ben Simmons won Rookie of the Year because he didn't play in 10 games in his actual rookie season, so he was still considered a rookie. And he was by far better than Donovan Mitchell. I don't care what anybody says. With that said, hold uh, I see that face. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, like, I would that, agree, you know, he deserved Rookie of the Year. But I wouldn't say he was by far better, you know. In that season. I mean, what did Mitchell do other than score the ball? Was he a good facilitator or a defender? Hey, no. He was a rookie, man. He's a so good facilitator and defender now. So was Ben. Well, he also had that extra year of experience around there the was NBA no ex- club. There was no experience. He was, he was still around the team. He was rehabbing. Anyway, regardless. And he scored more points, you know. It, it, like that I was just, true. I was just gonna say, it depends on what you know you value as a voter or you yeah. know as a fan. Because I know yeah. some people that are like, "Oh, James Harden is better than people think because he scores the most points in the league." Yeah. You know, so you know, it's all a pre- it's all a preference thing. But you know, I would have given it to Ben Simmons. Yeah. So anyway, um, I've always been a big critic of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, however, I was, you know, I've I, I've always known that he can score and he can score at volume when he gets hot. In the games that I've watched him, other than today, he's been very disappointing. He gets cold. He'll shoot a very poor percentage. You know, he's just being a, a young scorer in the league, and that happens sometimes. So I've always been a big critic. With that said, today he had 51 on 19 of 32 shooting. with 10 for 57. 57, I'm sorry. 57 on 19 of 32 from the field, 10 for 10 from the free throw line. That's, a, you know, that is elite – close to MJ numbers in the playoffs. It was six points shy of MJ's re- record for, for points in the playoff game, which is unbelievable. Now, uh, Chris and I were having a discussion during the game. Yes. Towards the end of the game. If you didn't watch the game, Donovan Mitchell had scored like 10, 15 points in a row. I'm not sure exactly how many in a row it was, but he was just going crazy in the fourth quarter. They have a four-point lead at this time. It was about two minutes left, if I if yeah, I remember correctly. Just about. He's bringing the ball up the court way too nonchalantly. He's just slowly going up the court. Now, if you, I'm sure if you listen to this, you know about the NBA. You know about the eight second rule. You have you have eight seconds to cross half court. Well, he was going too slow. He got an eight second violation. Gave the ball back to the Nuggets. In that possession, back to the Nuggets. The Nuggets score a three. Make it Yo, a one-point game again. Yep. So that Things like that. You know, it, he's young. Mental mistakes are going to happen. However, they cannot happen in, in situations like that where you could have gone down. And like Chris said when we were talking about it, he, he could have – or the, the, the Jazz could have put a dagger in that game, gone up by seven, and just, you know – they could have right. won the game in, at that, in that possession. Now, what ended up happening was, like I said, the Nuggets scored a three. The teams went back and forth, ended up going to overtime. The Nuggets completely outplayed the, the, the Jazz in overtime. They ended up winning by 10. Jamal Murray was going back and forth with Donovan Mitchell. It was great to watch. 
uh, Nikola Jokic made some huge plays. It was just a great basketball game, and I was just so happy I was able to, to watch it. Yeah, that was one of the best games, you know, I've watched in a long time. Um, you know, I was on the edge of my seat for that whole fourth quarter, you know, especially the last five, six minutes. They were, you know, two heavyweights trading blows, you know, making big shots. Like you said, it was pretty good defense, but guys were making very, very tough shots, step backs, you know, step back threes, taking it to the rim, making and one buckets, you know. But, yeah, you know, it was a great game. Uh Jamal Murray really mm-hmm. impressed me. He really showed me something in that game today. Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't, haven't really ever been a huge fan of his. You know, I always kind of thought he was, you know, maybe above average point guard. But today wow. he showed me he actually has star potential in this league. You know, he could really be a guy, you know, that that we're looking that we're looking forward to watching, you know, excited. You know, when they say the Nuggets, you know, I, don't, I never think I, oh, I'm about to watch Jamal Murray, but – Hey, I might I might start thinking that way if he keeps playing like he did today. He uh very impressive. So you've never been a, a Jamal Murray fan, huh? Not really. You know, I mean, there's just so many good point guards in the league that I'm kind of like, you know, you got to show me so you got to be special. Like, you got to look like Okay. Like it's got to be some some Steph Curry or Dave Lillard. Or, so you got to be a star. Let's talk about Jamal Murray for a little bit. Um all right. I've always been a big fan of Jamal Murray. The now the the reason I'm not gonna, well not the reason but the, the 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 thing that got me on the Jamal Murray bandwagon was when he won MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge. Now I'm gonna re, I'm gonna read off some names here of who won who've won that MVP. Right? Word, because yeah, definitely do that because I. Never watched that game. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever watched the Rising Stars game, so I definitely did not see this happen. <laughs> so this past year, I'm just gonna start. I'm just gonna go back. I'm just gonna read the last ten. Okay. So uh, Miles Bridges, Kyle Kuzma, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Jamal Murray, Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, Andre Drummond, Kenneth Fareed, Kyrie, John Wall, Tyreek Evans, KD. So Some solid players. If you win that that MVP, there's a very good chance you're going to become a, a a very 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 good player in this in this league. You know, Carmelo Anthony won it. Andre Iguodala won it. I'm going even farther back now, Amari Stoudemire, Gilbert Arenas, Elton Brand back in 2000 won it. You know, um, Jay Rich. I'm, I'll stop now, but. <laughs> I was going to say, some of our younger viewers might not even know it. the Elton <laughs> Brands of the world. <laughs> uh, who doesn't seem to know what he's doing in terms of being a GM, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Jamal Murray, man, he's been just – he's one of, been, he's been one of my favorite players. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't average the most points, but that he does play on a very loaded roster. He, so he's one of the leading scorers on, on the Nuggets. He averaged uh, 18 and four this year, or just about five assists on 45% shooting and 88% free throw shooting. He is an elite shooter. 34% from three this year. Not the best, but um, he, I, he is. I believe he's, he's an elite shooter, and he's an elite – just he's an elite player uh, or potential to be an elite player, to potential to be a top 15 player in the league. Um, he's only 23. And really, he, I feel like I just felt like he was older than that. Well, he he was so he was uh, he was um, drafted in in 2016, so he's been in the league for a while. He was 19 when he came in. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. Did a you know one and done in Kentucky, and he's been in the league for a while. So the uh, the progression has been there. It, it it was definitely slow at first, as a lot of rookies who come one and done. He was, he averaged nine in his rookie season, and then 16, and then 18 the past two years so uh once he got comfortable in the league he, he's definitely shown that he can uh, be a very very good scorer um but with that said uh, jamal murray i think is definitely got one of the higher potentials in terms of being a young point guard shooting guard in the league yeah well i didn't i didn't realize he was that young you know like you said he'd been in the league for a while so I definitely, you know, I, 
I'm not going to disagree. He he looked he looked the part today. So you know, I'm going to keep watching him. Keep keep my yeah. eye on Jamal Murray. And um, and you know, with that being said, you know, him only being 23, that changes some things for me moving forward with this Nuggets team. I mm-hmm. I liked them before, you know, with with Michael Porter Jr., who you know we didn't mention, but uh, if there was a like a award that we had for most surprising player in the bubble. He might have actually got that because he Absolutely. looked amazing. You know, he didn't look so great today against the Jazz. You know, his playoff basketball, he, he's still a rookie. Well, he started but, off really hot. He, he, I think, I believe he had at least uh, 12, 15 points in the first half. He started off really hot. He just cooled yeah. down. Yeah, no, yeah. He was, he played, pretty, he didn't play bad. Yeah. Uh, he played actually really good in the first half. You know, second half, he was kind of, you know, they were going at him on defense. He was a little bit of a liability on that end. Which you know, I'm sure he'll improve. He's got the he's got the body for it. You know, he's big, six ten wing. So, yeah, not worried about him. I was, they got uh, a team, man. They, <laughs> they got a team with, with Bol Bol as well off the bench. He, I don't yeah. think he played too much today, but he, he Bol Bol made a big impact during the during these seeding games uh, and a lot of the games he played. Um, but anyway, uh, enough about that game. Um, it was just a great yeah. game. Donovan Mitchell had 57. Jamal Murray had 36. Nikola Jokic had 25 and probably 10. I'm not sure exactly what his stat line was, but it was just a, it was a great game to watch. And I was happy. To, I was just so happy to watch great competitive basketball again. Yeah, uh, definitely. And it's just great that we have it on all day now. Guys. All day. Playoff basketball all day. All day. It's it's just, it's like the NCAA tournament, man. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Um. So the the second game of today was the Raptors and the Nets. Now this is going to be a four game sweep. I don't think anybody yeah. expects anything different than that. Uh, the Nets did surprise some people when they beat the Bucks and uh, what in the game they played in the bubble. But it, it, it's not going to make a difference. The Raptors are are too good. Their their coach is too good. They have a chip on their shoulder, believe it or not, after winning the, the championship last season. They have a chip on their shoulder because people are overlooking them. Uh, everybody's overlooking them. I don't see anybody picking them to get back to the finals. Uh, they just don't have the superstar firepower, I don't think. Uh, I don't think a lot. I think a lot of people agree with that. But with that said, uh, the Nets absolutely just blew – or the I'm sorry, the Raptors absolutely – blew the nets out of the park and it, the, the, it's I feel like it's going to happen every single game yeah um you know shout out to the nets they've played hard down here um i'm looking here they they went four and four so better than i thought they'd probably do yeah uh, um, speaking of playing hard not to interrupt you but yeah, um they, they were down i believe uh 25 30 points in that first half and then they cut it down to eight uh, a couple different times in the third quarter. So, they, they you know, they're playing hard. They're, they have a lot of heart. And they're not doing it with – you're not doing it at full strength. Obviously, they don't have KD. They don't have Kyrie Irving. Just imagine. Just imagine. Now, who knows if those two can coexist? I was going to say, or even Spencer Dinwiddie. Right. Who knows if those two – if if those two superstars can co- coexist together because they – they're not really facilitators. They're just pure scores. But that's another. That's a conversation for another time. The Nets are playing really, really well for the for the personnel they have. Yeah, um, I wish I knew who their coach was so I could give them some some love right now. But shout out to the Nets coach. Um, I think I'm pretty sure it's an interim coach because they fired their coach. But uh, he's doing a great job. They they played the Blazers tough. You know, almost almost moved them out of that eight spot. You know, with yeah. the way they played, you know, it took every single one of those Damian Lillard points to beat them. But- yeah. So their their coach was Kenny Atkinson. Uh, he got fired, and now it is former player Jacques Vaughn. Never heard of him, but uh, shout out to him. Shout out to Mr. Vaughn. You know, I've heard him talk a couple times at the bubble. You know, he seems like he's, he knows what he's doing. You know, I wouldn't be mad if the Nets – you know, gave him that job. He's definitely yeah. I don't. I'm not co- sure. Coached himself into it. I think. I'm really not sure why the Nets fired Kenny Atkinson because last season the Nets played really well. I don't. I don't get it. But that you know. Bad but, bad teams do do questionable things all the time, and seriously, you know, they can have good players. It still doesn't make them a good team. 
Yeah. But yeah, back to what I was going to say about this series. Um, you know, I completely agree. It's probably going to be a four game sweep. The Raptors just got too much and they're too good of a defensive team. That's one thing that's lost a lot in today's game. You know, everybody focuses on the scoring and, you know, if you can shoot the ball well or not, but you know, the Raptors seem like they want to focus on defense first and, well, you know, growing up, that's what I was always taught, that defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying they're going to win the championship or anything, but they're a good defensive team. The Nets are not a very good team with the pieces they have. You know, they're going to play hard. But, yeah, four-game sweep. And let me correct myself, you know, give the Nets a little bit more credit. They actually went five and three, not four and four. So, they were over 500 down here. So, shout-out to them. Yeah, big surprise. I know I didn't expect them to do anything when uh... – a couple other players decided to opt out of coming. So, um, yeah, shout out to them. Really, they they have a very 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 bright future if if they can figure out how to have Kyrie and KD coexist. Now, the third game is being played right now. It's my Sixers against the Celtics. My Ben Simmons, my Ben Simmons list Sixers playing the Celtics. Uh, at the beginning of the first, you know, I watched. I was able to watch the first quarter before we started recording, and the in the very first possession, the first possession, I was just, I was hyped. I was so excited, mainly because Joel Embiid went right to the block, went right at Daniel Tice, and scored like it was nothing. And then in that first quarter, he went, I think, I think, believe he had twelve points and didn't miss a shot. And they were all in, in the paint or around the paint. That's exactly what I've been wanting for the, for the entire season. And it's what is going to need to happen in order for the Sixers to even have a chance. Now, I don't think they're going to win this series at all because Ben Simmons, I was, Doris Burke put out a crazy stat when, uh, during the first quarter. Ben Simmons guarded an all-star 950 different times this season. He is a first-team all-defensive player. He led the league in steals. He is unbelievably great on defense. So that's where they're going to miss him the most. Offensively, we all know his struggles. Without Ben Simmons on the defensive end, I don't see the Sixers having too much of a chance unless Joel Embiid goes off for 50 every game. Which, you know, it's definitely possible. He has the talent to do it if he stays around the block. Because right now, so I have the game up right now. It's the third quarter. They're down by six. Joel Embiid has 19 points on seven for 10 with 11 rebounds. Um, so, there, you know, there's, there's a chance. There, I'm, I'm not saying that there's no chance at all. But I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, um, you know, like you said, we got to watch a little bit of that first quarter tonight. And, you know, they came out, they're playing hard. So I got to give it to them on that front. You know, a lot of times, you know, teams, there's only one or two ways it's going to go when you face adversity. Either you're going to stand up and fight or you're going to lay down. And I'm sad to say that a lot of times I see teams just lay down. You know, they, I don't think they're doing it intentionally, but it's just kind of like they can't get themselves up, you know, after losing a big piece of their team to, you know, make the games interesting and fight hard. Yeah. Um. It's not like I said. It's not an effort thing. You know, I'm not not criticizing anybody for doing that. But shout out to the Sixers for actually, you know, coming out to play today. Um. I know me along with Vegas and a lot of other people didn't really give them much of a chance in this series. Me. Um. Yeah. I was gonna say probably nobody. Uh. You know, I'm sure there's some some hardcore Sixers fans that. Hey, I'm a hardcore ho- Sixers fans, but I, I'm I'm realistic about it. Yeah. I have yeah, my hopes up, but <laughs> I feel I, that. I, you know, I have my hopes, but I also have my realistic expectations. Um, I'm about to say, yeah. I mean, I'm looking now. They they've cut it to five. Yeah. Um, we'll see if they can win this game. If they can, you know, take a couple games in this series. You know, I don't see them winning the series or anything. But like you said, if Joel Embiid starts getting in his bag a little bit, he could make this interesting by himself. You know, because yeah. the Celtics don't have a center that's going to stop him or I mean, who compete does? with him. Who you does? Know? Yeah, there's, you know. The Lakers. I mean, I guess you could say AD, but, yeah, yeah like, there's not many big men in the league that I, mean, I would. 
Marcus All pretty much shut him down last season, but Marcus All is not the same. And Brooke, Brooke Lopez is a solid defensive center, but Joel Embiid has proven that he can score on on Brooke Lopez easily. So the the frustration yeah. that that myself and all Sixers fans get is we know how dominant he can be. We all see the highlights of him having Hakeem Olajuwon esque moves down in the paint, and if he does that all the time and not do what so many big men in the league today do, Chris and I. We talked about this earlier is yeah. the way the league has changed and it's the three, the three ball is so um, it's such a priority for so many teams. Now, granted, I get it. You score, you shoot more threes. You're going to score more. You're going to make more threes. You're going to score more points. It, logically, it makes sense. However, it is not the only way to go. Yeah. And if you have a dominant big man, you have to, to have him in the block scoring almost every time until the, uh, until the other team starts to double and then you figure out something else. We saw the, the Magic do it with Dwight Howard back, you know, 10 years ago. Granted, the league, they didn't, we didn't have as many threes being shot 10 years ago. But the point remains, if you have a dominant big man, you need to use him in the paint. Now, so far, the Sixers have done that in this game. They just need Tobias Harris to step up and score 20 to 30 a game. They need, they need Josh Richardson to, to get at least 15. They need Shake Milton, who's filling in for Ben Simmons at the point guard, to hold his own as a rookie. And they need Al Horford not to be horrible. Um, yeah, and I would also venture out and say, you know, they probably need – it doesn't have to be the same guy every time, but at least one guy off the bench coming in, giving good energy, yeah. good, so good minutes, hitting a so couple big shots or something. Yeah, for sure. So far in the bubble, that's been Alec Burks who has been in the league a while, and he's been a solid scorer in the league ever since he joined the league, if I'm not mistaken. Um, whenever I, I think of the name Alec Burks, I just think of a solid scorer in the NBA. Not, nothing, nothing too crazy, but nothing you – know, he's not horrible. He averaged like 10, 15 a game for his career, I believe, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, definitely. He can come give you double-digit points. Yeah, and if if Matisse Thybul can can be a, a big difference maker on defense, uh, there's uh, like I said, I don't think it's gonna happen. But <laughs> I'm getting excited just thinking about the the the, the um the potential of the team even without Ben Simmons. And there is a possibility Ben comes back if the Sixers make a deep playoff run. Which, but like I said, I'm not getting my hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still you know it's still there. Yeah, um, just the last thing I want to say about the whole Joel Embiid thing. Um, it's going to have to be a team effort, you know, starting from the coaching staff down to the players. You know, they got to want to get him the ball in the block as well as he's got to want to play down there. And, you know, I'm not I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know which one of the two is, you know, is not coming together here. I'm sure he probably would love banging down there in the post. But, um, you know, that's just not the way the NBA is going these days. You know, I personally don't agree with it. You know, I think whatever players you have, you should just use their best skill set. And, you know, if you want to you want a team, you want to be a team that's shooting threes and your big man shooting threes, get big men that are specifically set up to do that. Like, Joel Meek can hit it, but he's not. Yeah, you know, he shoots not, 29%. Yeah, like, that's not good. Like, I think he'd be better suited in the paint. You know, yeah. we can like one, we can three, we can find some threes with other players. Like, yeah. like I I love the confidence from Joe. I do from shooting out there. You need that in order to make them. Yeah, but tell Ben Simmons that <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, the it's just it's a, it's a frustrating thing. Um, now if the Sixers can pull pull out this game one win or just even get out of the series. I'll, I will eat my words about Brett Brown. Um, I will admit that I was wrong about that, but that remains to be seen. Now, they were down 10 when I turned this game back on. And now they just tied it in the third quarter with less than two minutes left in the third quarter. So, and Joella Bean's on the bench. So, um, you know, the Sixers, are, they're not looking terrible. I thought they weren't going to look very good, but they're looking really, really good right now. So, I hope. I'm not going to say this again, but it's the last time I'm saying it. I hope they can pull this out because I, I will be so excited 
and be able to shut the haters up, even though I'm one of the haters right now. Thanks. You know, what I, what I heard from that is uh, we need to finish this recording so I can go watch this fourth <laughs> quarter. <laughs> well, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, we'll talk about the last game of the night. Um, and then, yeah, we can wrap it up. So last game, the last game tonight, the first day of the playoffs, we got the uh, Clippers playing the Mavericks. Exciting matchup, man. Really exciting matchup with Luca and KP really, really coming into their own, really starting to, to play really well, going up against the Clippers team, who a lot of people think are going to be able to make the finals and beat the Lakers if they get to that point. Um, a lot, of, some people say, which I don't get, get, you know, I don't get this, but some people say that Kawhi Leonard is better than LeBron and better than Kevin Durant, which I don't understand that. However, they're entitled to their own opinion, and he's he's close. I'm not saying he's not bad, but or I'm not saying he's bad, but he's not he's not that level yet. I was to say I was just gonna say there's levels to this. So the fact that you said he's not on that level is literally like he read my mind. Yeah, there's levels to this thing. Like you you got to put in some work for for you know accumulation of years before you just start saying people are better than people. You know, right? Kawhi Leonard's only been the man on his team for like what two or three years now now? yeah yeah so like you know lebron's been doing this thing for a long time you know still putting up better numbers and playing in more games ever since yeah yeah anyway yeah (laughs) let's get into the matchup a little bit so um luka Doncic is probably going to be guarded by Kawhi or paul george um kp is going to be guarded by probably uh is it i believe is their their starter or is that for the like I can't remember the the Oh you're talking about um what's his name? The big man. Yeah, yeah, big the Clippers. Zubak. Zubak, that's right. Yeah. Zubak. Uh yeah. Um That's that's not a good matchup. They're gonna have to put they got to bring Trez off the bench um, for sure. pretty quickly yeah. to guard him. Yeah. I mean Marcus Morris is a solid defender, but he's not he's not gonna be able to guard. Yeah, the the size is too much there. Right. So anyway, the the Clippers, they're 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 so Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, is, they are already superstars. Luka Doncic is becoming one. Kristaps Porzingis is forgotten by a lot of people, and is slowly becoming. I, well, he's he's a star. He's a young star, a budding star. He who has potential to be a superstar. Uh, yeah, I, I would say for Porzingis. Um... You know, there was a lot of hype early. You know, that first season he came out, he was balling. Yeah. Probably even the second season. I'm not remembering 100% right now, but I know sure once he got hurt. Yeah, I know once he got hurt, you know, and then he came back. He he has never really looked the same after that injury um, until the bubble. He's actually, like, started to look like, you know, he's gained some yeah. confidence in his legs. He's He's ready to actually, you know, play in physical basketball games as opposed to, you know, being this finesse guy, you know, he's getting back to blocking shots like he was with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's definitely developing into yeah. a star I again. Think the, I think the, the, Ma- the Mavericks will be able to steal a game or two uh, from the Clippers. I just don't think they'll have enough firepower over seven games to, to beat them. Doc Rivers, you know, it's a great coaching matchup too with Doc Rivers and Rick Carlisle. Uh, they both won championships. They've both, been in the league coaching for a long time I'm two hall of fame coaches absolutely so yeah, i'm excited man i'm just i'm so happy the playoffs are back like i it's just it's it's just great like i'm I'm, I'm like it's like i'm a little kid again man it's yeah i'll be watching for sure yeah and, yeah and just um you know with the mavericks i'd say i agree with that you know they probably only win a game or two, you know, they might steal a second one, but I don't, I really only got them winning one game, but I will say though, you know, talking about the matchups and everything, if they're going to have any type of chance, uh, you know, Luca's going to be Luca. I expect mm-hmm. him to do what he does at this point. You know, he's, he's gotten that respect for me. I'm mm-hmm. not worried about him showing up, but it's going to have to be Porzingis. You know, that, that was the last game the Lakers played against the Clippers. You know, the big reason they won in my opinion was because Anthony Davis, was dominant and they didn't have any answer for him on offense or defense. And 
you know, that's the Clippers' biggest weakness, in my opinion, is that big man spot, that center spot. They don't really have, you know, a, a big guy that's that's really dominant. You know, they got Trez off the bench, but he's not the biggest big man. You know, he's kind of on the smaller side for bigs. So, you yeah. know, we'll have to see. You know, hopefully hopefully Porzingis can do that and turn this into a better series than I expected it to be. But, you know, 4-1 Clippers. I'll pick that now. Yeah, I'll say four two. Um, now, if if home if, if home court advantage was actually a factor, uh, I don't think it would matter as much. Like in this in this Sixers Celtics series, that would matter. That's going to matter, or that would matter hypothetically a, a whole hell of a lot because both both of those uh, both of those arenas are just. If you are on the away team during the playoffs, it's it's tough to go in there and win. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So seeing as the Sixers had the best home record in the league, that actually could have helped them. Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, I mean, it could also like don't be wrong, it could also have hurt them because then they would have to go on the road more times than they play at home. So Yeah. Well, I think you know the bubble might be a blessing in disguise because they don't have fans there on the other i don't know i don't know what it is about going on the road but being there not really traveling at all or not traveling at all playing in the same two there's i think there's two separate arenas that they play the games in so just playing in one of those constantly um you know yeah i'm sure they played in all the arenas by now yeah so So. they they, it's not that it's any different they're they they look practically the same i wouldn't know that there was two like if the games were stacked on top of each other like they are, and they didn't have separate broadcast teams and separate, you know, there were two games going on at once, I would think it's the same arena the entire time. Uh, but it's not; it's two separate arenas. Facts. The only way I knew is because uh, the Raptors game had started right. <laughs> when right. it was going on. I'm like, oh, they got more than one court. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, enough enough playoff talk for now. We'll have another update here in a couple of days talking about what happens with the Sixers game. I'll be either mad or happy or whatever the case. Because going into the fourth, they were winning. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so on our next episode, it's either going to be more football talk or more basketball talk. We haven't um, – right now we have it scheduled as NFL talk, but with the playoffs getting started, I feel like we're going to be talking about basketball a little bit more more than the NFL, even though the NFL is just about a month away from kicking off. How about that? Yeah, I think I've seen a thing today. You know, we're only 24 days away from that opening night game in Kansas City. It's it's getting closer. You know, the first preseason game would have been played last week, I'm pretty sure. So uh, we're we're getting there, man. It's It's crazy. It doesn't feel like it still because it didn't even feel like the playoffs were starting until today. I wasn't, I didn't have that normal excitement that I have, but this is such an unorthodox time with everything going on in the world and in the world of sports. It's, uh, yeah. Oh, and shout out. I know we don't, we haven't talked a lick about hockey at all because we're not. Please don't talk about them right now. We're not hockey fans like. Unless I don't, I don't pay attention unless they're good. I, I'm a, I guess I'm a fair weather hockey fan. Shout out to the Flyers, securing that one seed in the Eastern in the Eastern Conference. Looking, looking very reminiscent of that 2010 team that made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, who also was one of the only teams in in sports history, by the way. Quick factoid: they were one of the only teams in sports history to win a series after being down 0-3. In that year, hmm. in 2010. So, anyway, I'm not the big biggest hockey fan. I just wanted to bring that up uh, for 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 being a Philadelphia sports fan. Sake, uh, it, it, I couldn't not talk about them. So, yeah. Well, since you, since you brought it up, I might as well talk about the hometown Caps. Uh, it's looking like another disappointment. Um, we're down 3-0 to the Islanders. Um, our old oh, coach man. Barry Trotz is is now their coach. And I said it when, you know, after they won the Stanley Cup and they didn't re-sign him, you know, he thought he deserved more money for winning the Stanley Cup, which makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the organization didn't. And now look at where we're at. We haven't won since um, 
we, we were supposed to be favored in this series. You know, now we're down 3-0. Haven't really looked good outside of the maybe the first two periods of the first game. You know, I've, been, I've actually been watching these hockey games, surprisingly, you know, just as a D.C. sports fan. But, yeah, shout-out to, shout to my boy, Dan. You know, he told me to talk about hockey some more. So, if you're listening, you know, shout-out to you, man. Um, you know, good luck with the Caps. You know, we'll be back, hopefully. But it's it, – DC sports, man. The Nationals also aren't doing good. Like, oh man, don't get me started. Don't, about the don't get me started. We're, or, I mean, we're the just, Phillies. Oh yeah. man, <laughs> give us something, DC. Give us something, please. We need well, it. You know, y'all just won the rough World times. Series. Y'all just won the World Series. That was it. And you'll end a couple years prior to that. You won the Stanley Cup, just because they're not sports that you know you care about as much <laughs> right <laughs> there's still there's still some some success there you know you you have as many you as a dc sports fan have as many championship rings as i have as a philly sports fan in our lifetime so there's i that. guess that's a silver lining i guess <laughs> but it's just i don't know man it's like it's like a it's like a dc thing it's like you know we we did push through and won the world series but then we lost our, our third baseman, Anthony Rendon, who's just a monster, you know. I think he's one of the top five third basemen in the league. It just – it's just always something with the net, with, with the D.C. sports team. You know, we win the Stanley Cup, lose the coach. <laughs> it's like – it's like I, I just don't understand. We can never just, like, yeah. run smoothly. Like, why can't we have a dynasty team that, that's actually good? But, you know. I digress. Let me get off this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, with that said, we'll whatever the next episode is, we're excited to do it. Um, yep, that's facts. Uh, so, like as always, we thank you for listening. And again, I'm going to start doing it at the beginning at the beginning of episodes as well. We implore you if you have a discussion or a topic you want us to talk about, to go follow our Instagram. That at average sports nerds hit us up on uh, give us a dm whatever you want us to talk about we'll, we'll talk about it to the best of our ability and yeah thank you for listening and, and keep nerding it up